Hey everybody, welcome back to another week of Off the Beaten Clef. This week we are doing something that we probably should have started with, to be perfectly honest, and it's our favorite Disney soundtracks. Hell yeah! Yeah, baby, so... Guys, we're uh, we're <laughs> Dylan gave me no lead in to let me know he was recording, <laughs> so I just was like, "All right, I guess here we are." Um, I yeah, just man. nodded my head like, "Yeah, we're <laughs> recording." I was looking down. We're I, in a studio. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I need an on-air light to flip on above your head, um, but no, yeah. So, like I said in the intro, we're doing Disney soundtracks. It's like it is something that is begging for a playlist episode. So, oh, for sure. I'm glad we're doing it now. Um, I'm really excited to hop right into it. Um, I think Disney's interesting because it, you can really tell how old somebody is based on their Disney likes because we, we've talked about it before. Like The difference between like three years in pop culture is enormous because you can completely miss something that's from somebody that's only like two or three years younger than you and you're, what, six years younger than me? Yeah. So our... our our spectrum is completely different. I mean, you're aware of the stuff that I, I'm aware of, but I'm not necessarily totally familiar with a lot of the stuff that you picked because I, I was quote unquote too cool for Disney at that around that time. So it was an interesting for me to kind of hear some of these songs because, um, like I haven't even seen some of these movies. Like I know they're huge, but I just, I, I've never gone back and watched them. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting experiment. And uh, but yeah, let's. If you you have any opening thoughts on Disney playlists, I like you said it. It feels like something we should have done all along. But I'm also really excited to get into it because we've got a lot of good audience submissions, yeah. and then you and I have like huge disparity between what we picked, <laughs> yeah. and it, that's kind of the whole show. Is like you, you and I. The six years made all the difference. Yeah, for it's sure. kind of the same thing in just six years difference time. So. Mm-hmm. And Disney time, that's that's a million years. It might as well be yeah. completely different eras. And what's funny is, you know, you and I sat after the last show and we were like, what should we do? And we we're mm-hmm. like, we haven't done Disney. It's like, whoa, how, how have we almost missed it? Got to leave it on the vine, man. Let it ripen <laughs> up a little bit. You don't want to blow your load too soon. That's true. That Like looking back at all the albums we've picked so far, it's like, whoa, we haven't even scratched the surface. No, not even close. I tried to pick ones like early because I knew they weren't going to be like, like some of them mean a lot, but at the same time, like I didn't pick the the ones that are like the goats, you know, because <laughs> yeah, sure. you don't want to do the goats too early, and yeah. then later on you're like, I wish when we were doing better episodes, you know, we would have. Mm, yeah. So, anyway, I'm excited to do the Disney soundtrack playlist because we've done a few playlist episodes, mm-hmm. and now we're we're emotionally ready for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's get into the audience submissions. So. Um I'll do the first couple here, if you don't mind. Um, So, uh, Mason Miller, our good friend, regular podcast contributor at this point, um, started us off with Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride from Lilo and Stitch. And it's uh, one of a few Hawaiian-themed songs from our three Hawaiian-themed songs that I can think of. Really four, if you count the Little Mermaid song. Um, I mean, I guess it's it's more bohemian. But anyway, um, again, Lilo and Stitch is one of those movies I haven't seen. I'm aware of it. I've seen... I've probably seen it all through clips and stuff like that, but um, yeah, cool, cool, uh, very Hawaiian themed, more upbeat. 
yeah it's, song it. it's a fun song yeah, it's fun. and uh, I remember it being like the anti they were going for like the wow factor like this little Tasmanian devil doesn't play by the rules he's like the <laughs> anti Disney because uh, one of the like trailer clips from Lilo and Stitch was them like he like comes through on a spaceship that like wrecks the magic carpet ride mm-hmm. so spoiler alert we're gonna do a whole new world here in a little bit yeah but he like comes through while they're singing a whole new world and like s- slams through and That's that funny. was like the opening trailer so Lilo and Stitch great movie it's probably past your time because I think I was a little bit older yeah it was I think it was what 90 or like 2000 early 2000s maybe for Lilo and maybe Stitch? yeah uh, but I remember my younger brothers like being really into it, so yeah. I saw it by proxy. Yeah. Uh, so I'll let you take the next couple. <clears throat> Sorry. Sure. Um, I won't say I'm in love uh, from Hercules, from uh, Emily Heron, Mason's fiance. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Great pick. Yep. There's one of Dylan's picks, so yeah, good pick, Em. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to get into that a little later. I'll make a main out of you from Mulan, from my friend Ellie. Mm-hmm. Great pick, Ellie. Uh What's not to love about Mulan? That's how we should open it. Let's get down to business. <laughs> That's how we, instead of doing the let's get into it. Yeah, that that should be our new intro. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll I'll record it afterwards. We can put it in post. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what a great song. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a female empowerment song. What's, you know, it's just what's not to love. Mm-hmm. Not a huge fan of the remake, if you want to be honest. I haven't seen it. I've heard, I've not heard good things about the live action though. Um, it looked cool. Like where's the, Mushu? Is what I want to know. Is Mushu yeah. okay? Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's partying all the time. Is, isn't that Eddie Murphy that did the voice for that? Or is that just yeah, yeah, okay. yeah? Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll let you take the next one. Cool. So uh, the next is Lava from the Lava Short. I think from before. Uh, I don't know which movie it's from before. I have no idea. Uh, I it, I hadn't seen the shorts. The short. Yeah. It's a really, really cool, like really sweet song. It's a, like a slow, like... Somewhere Over the Rainbow is what it reminds me Almost, yeah. It's very somewhere, like is Israel or whatever his name was, his version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow with just a uh, ukulele and t- two people singing about uh, Volcano, wishing it had some, someone to love. Like it's it's just so, so sweet and very like cute. Um, maybe I, Moana is it before Moana I don't, I don't think so what's the one uh, what's the one Inside Out I think maybe okay. um, it's before that um, but yeah it's really really cool like I watched like a lyric video of it because Disney doesn't look, put anything on YouTube that you can watch um, I don't know if it's on Disney Plus but really really cool and really like just a heartwarming song oh yeah yeah great pick hadn't heard it and I would have never guessed it was from Disney yeah good pick Mel um, and then uh, I'll do I'll do the next two, and then you want to do the last two? Yep. Cool. Uh, so my brother Ben, um, I texted him. I was like, hey, we're doing Disney. You got a day, like I always do. And uh, he's like, immediately, Prince Ali uh, from Aladdin, which is a great, great song. I figured that was going to be Ben's pick, but then he couldn't find the original movie version. Uh, so a little spoiler again, we're going to talk about like the soundtrack version of uh, Whole New World is different from the movie version. The movie version is far superior, in my opinion. Um, but... Spotify only has the soundtrack version. So he, he decided not to go with Prince Ali and decided to go with Kiss the Girl from Little Mermaid. Really, really cool track. Um, nice and suave, Sebastian. Kiss the Girl. Yeah. It's, it's great. I love that scene in the movie, too, where they're like, uh, like the frogs are playing using the, 
the cattails to play on the lily pads and stuff. It's just really cool. Uh, really cool scene. The boat's spinning around and the fireflies. It's classic Disney. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, good pick, Ben. Uh, I don't know what you got on Kiss the Girl. Kiss the Girl. I love Kiss the Girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Way to knock it, way to knock it out, Ben. <laughs> um, then uh, next we got Ready As I'll Ever Be by from Tangled by Chad, Ben's buddy, uh, best bud from college. Not one I was super familiar with. I haven't seen Tangled, um, but it was it's a cool song. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It's aggressive almost, um, but it's it's um, it's a classic classic Disney song. So that's yeah. It was the first time I'd heard it because I haven't seen Tangled all the way through. I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen it all the way through. I think I fell asleep, but it's a, it's a fun song. Yeah, good pick. Yeah, I've heard Tangled's really good too. Like one of the better Disney movies to come out in that era. So I should maybe go back and watch it. Uh, and then the last two are yours. Go the distance from Hercules from our friend Jeremy Schneider. From old Jeremy Schneider. Wow. Blast from the past. It was good <laughs> to hear from him. He actually replied to our Instagram story. He yeah. was like, this is going to be tough. And then he never replied again. So I had to text him about an hour before the show yeah. and be like, hey, man, you got a pick? And he's like, he texts back immediately, go the distance from yeah. Hercules. Yeah. Um, Hercules. One of my faves. I don't think it's a secret. It's your favorite, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. It's not one of my faves. It is the you fave. You can just say it's the fave. No shame. I know, but I got to leave some wiggle room for Emperor's New Groove. I, I see. I've never seen Emperor. I've heard that's great, too. Oh, man. I've missed a lot of good Disney. Yeah, that that's your homework assignment for the next time I see you. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, Go the Distance, way to go. Like It's such a like a triumphant song. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you're Welcome from Moana, mm-hmm. I believe... You put "You're welcome" parentheses. You're welcome, <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible. Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, the guy can't. This motherfucker don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love his character in this movie, um, and you know, just a demigod feeling feeling himself. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, it reminds me of the um, the old Kobe commercial with the Kobe system. And he's like, he's talking to to, uh, to Kanye in this in the the thing. He's like, he just kept saying, "You're welcome." He's, and Kanye's like, "What does that mean, Kobe Bryant?" And he's like, "You're welcome." It's 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 so funny. Yeah, if you have to win, you have to win more. What does that mean, Kobe Bryant? <laughs> You're welcome. It always that that's one of the greatest commercials of all time. It's so funny. Um, um I'm glad I'm glad no one picked the shiny song from Moana. Have you seen Moana? Uh-uh. Um. It's it's a very annoying song. My nephew watched this movie endlessly, and Zoe and I were in, con, in, in consensus yesterday that if anyone picked that, we would scratch it from the record. <laughs> veto. <laughs> She's all about vetoing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So thanks everyone for your picks. As always, it makes the playlist a lot of fun, and it makes us want to do more playlist episodes. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun getting input. You know, like I said last week, or maybe one of I don't know one of the weeks. You know, it's, it it kind of takes us out of our own you know headspace and has to force us to listen to somebody else's stuff, which I always think is fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, I'm I'm as long as we're doing. Uh, playlist episodes I think we'll continue to do that and we're getting more and more people contributing every week so thanks for contributing again tell your friends if you think it's cool and we'll, we'll absolutely give them a shout out not, not a thing at all yeah and I think it's really helped people who had no interest before it's yeah. gotten gotten people in so uh, welcome welcome and, and thanks for joining us we're normally not this fun 
We're boring. <laughs> we suck. Dude, don't ever, don't go back and listen to any of our old episodes. They that stink. would be a real shame. <laughs> we don't have paid advertisements on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to, I want to, I do want to apologize because we've had the same ad read from me for like, what, 40 episodes now? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Also, it was a one taker, too. It was a one taker. So, uh, you don't like it, whatever. One take cab, that's what they call me. <laughs> Minute and a half, one take. I write all my shit in the studio. <laughs> You're like Eminem in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Except you don't suck. Um, oh, hey. Sneaking in low blows there. What a, what a cocksucker. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I guess that's how we do things. Uh, you know, it's not like we. this is our first podcast or anything. Um, so... I will say, hold on. I will say I'm glad we're done counting episodes or oh, attempting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just totally abandoned ship on that. We couldn't handle it when we were like four episodes yeah. in. So I can't imagine what we, we just... We, it's It was it was good we abandoned hope when, as quickly as we did. We're, we're, we're both idiots. So yeah. it's <laughs> it's good that we realized that sooner rather than later. We ran out of fingers, so it was good we, yeah, we did it before No, that. we didn't even... We, we ran out of fingers on one hand. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> that was a bit of physical comedy that you guys couldn't see. So I, I once we get cameras in here, this is going to be a different podcast. <laughs> the physical comedy is going to be out of control. Oh man! Anyway, into the episode. Yeah. Uh, Circle of Life was my first pick. To me, this was a no-brainer. This had to be on this playlist. It's maybe the most iconic Disney song of all time. Um, everybody knows that opening. I'm not going to attempt to do it because I don't want to be culturally insensitive. <laughs> Um, but you know what I'm talking about. You, as soon as you hear it, you see that sunrise burst onto the screen. Like I can see it vividly in my mind. That whole sweeping shot as they sweep over the the, the herds of animals riding to Pride Rock, running to Pride Rock to see Baby Simba. Like that crane shot overhead. Like it's it's so so iconic. And it's just it's oh you know what? Did I go out of order here? No, you're no, good. I didn't. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a great one. It's a great song. It's an iconic moment. But it's that that really that chorus. And I don't know how Disney does it, but they just have a sound that when you, as soon as you hear it, you know it's a Disney song. Nothing else ever sounds like a Disney song. You can try to emulate it, but it, it just doesn't capture the same magic somehow. And I don't know how it's done, but they always find something. Um, I think they find the right people for the job because. Yeah. If you watch some of these Disney documentaries and like the the evolution of Disney movies, it's people that are like super interested in it, mm-hmm. and they're not like talking down to kids. They want to make a good movie and not a good kids movie. You know what I mean? So when you're talking about those crane shots, like that's that's unheard of for a cartoon movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the difference. Is that like they don't they don't take it as childlike as most yeah. people would they the, take it seriously yeah it's a serious business and i think that yeah i think you're probably right they just want well, they want to make it as professional as possible and i think it really shows it's, I, I, it's the same thing with like nintendo like nintendo has very specific sounds that are only that only exist within the nintendo universe it's like the wii menu music like that is like the nintendo sound kind of like bouncy very i don't know there's something about like you know immediately that's from nintendo mm-hmm. so Disney and Nintendo are really the only two I can think of that do that perfectly as far as branding with music. 
And it's brilliant. Uh, but yeah, and then the last thing I want to talk about is just that very last drum hit that just puts a huge punctuation that just, it's just one, it's, it just sounds like huge, like tub skin drums, like a hundred people all hitting them at once. And man, oh man, is it way, what a way to end a song. Oh yeah. Yeah, we used to play this song uh, in football during two days. Oh, like as yeah. the sun was coming up, we would have the song playing on the, the overhead speakers and it was a really cool yeah, thing to funny. do every morning. It, you weren't like a... You weren't dreading two days because you knew, like, hey, we're going to listen to the Lion King soundtrack this yeah. morning. Um, but the song rips, even if I think Lion King can be a little overhyped, which is a take for a different day. That's a real hot take. Um, That's a super hot take. Yeah. <laughs> it's hey. not worth getting into yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. It's, your, it's your opinion, but uh, you're wrong. <laughs> That's my opinion. <laughs> um I'm just all about hot takes today. Yeah. I think. By, by the way, we're talking about the, I'm talking about the Carmen Twilly version, like the one from the opening of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like the Elton John version is good too, but this is the one I specifically am talking about. I remember when the movie came out, they had like a bunch of people, a bunch of famous celebrities and singers and stuff coming to the studio, and they all did like an orchestra mm-hmm. version, and it was really cool too. Yeah. Um, my first pick, "You'll Be in My Heart" by Phil Collins from the Tarzan soundtrack. Motherfucking Phil Collins, son. <laughs> um, you can take this as like a song about adoption or taking an animal in and promising to protect them. And I think that's why it has such like emotional weight. I'm sure that's where he found his inspiration. But, you know, Disney knows how to make music powerful in a movie. And this movie is about like raising someone as your own, even though they're not yours. And that probably tugs a lot of heartstrings for people. And... It's kind of just a silly movie about a guy being raised by apes, but it's got a lot of emotional weight. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of memes. I'll let you discuss that later. But, you know, the the whole Phil Collins just didn't have any business going as hard as he did. He wrote like a full album for this Mm -hmm. movie. And it's it's great. It's great that I had exposure to that as a kid. Because it's not like I grew up listening to Genesis. Yeah, like true. this was my first exposure to yeah, Phil I'd Collins. I'd be really worried if there's a kid out there that was just a huge Genesis fan. <laughs> like that's uh, you're that's parenting done incorrectly. <laughs> it's not it's not kids music. Like come on. Yeah. If, if you're a Genesis, like I don't know, Genesis is good, but fuck, come on. Yeah. There's other better shit out there. <laughs> but as you get older and you hear like in the air tonight or like all the iconic Phil Collins songs, yeah. you're like. Well, is this guy from Tarzan? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was just a weird thing to like uh, to go backwards into. Yeah, I mean, Phil Collins is great, but whatever. I don't want to get into my feelings on Genesis. I feel like they're overhyped for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you like you alluded to, like Phil Collins murdering this soundtrack has become quite a big internet meme, and it seems like it's coming back again. Um, the one you see on like TikTok all the time is, I wanna know. Can you show me that one? And just like somebody like going crazy on the piano. Like you didn't have to go that hard, Phil. Like it's just a song about an ape, an ape boy. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's um, the string hits at the opening are immediately super powerful and it kind of draws the listener in. And I, I always appreciate stuff like that. Uh, just clever songwriting tricks like that to kind of just imme- like, oh, this is different. Let me, let me lean in a little bit and kind of see what's going on here. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have, I never, I've never seen Tarzan. Uh, Spoiler alert, there's a couple of here yours that I have not seen. I think most of your your playlist I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen a few of yours, too. Oh, really? You haven't mm-hmm. seen The Jungle Book? I've seen The Jungle Book like two or three times. Okay, interesting. And Nightmare Before Christmas I haven't seen. Oh, wow. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so it doesn't have that emotional weight for me. But it, I can I can realize songwriting 
greatness when I hear it. And this is this is a great song. It does have a, a, a great hook. Like, what do you expect from Phil Collins? It's got the classic Phil Collins, like, soaring chorus. You know, if you've heard any Phil Collins, you know you know what you're getting. Yeah. You're going to get a, a classic hook that's going to bring you back, as uh, Loose Traveler once said. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, moving on to my second pick here. This is throwing me off because it's like six and then seven. So anyway, uh, that again, little peek behind our screen. <laughs> shit you don't care about. Um, so my second pick, uh, A Whole New World from Aladdin. Um, we've, we've referenced it a couple times already. Uh, again, I felt like something from Aladdin had to be on here. And I picked the one that I think has been covered a billion times. Like th- this is such a classic like love duet. And for a certain, for for particular reason, it's been covered because it is, it's, it's challenging to sing, but it sounds so, it's so pleasing to hear. And I think this is, this is the best song on this really good soundtrack for two reasons. Um, Aladdin, you know, a guy who does Aladdin in the movie, he, he does a really good job. It's a nice, like love, sweet love song. And the, but then Jasmine comes in and her first verse, dude, it just sends it into the stratosphere. Like she's such a great vocalist. And immediately after her first verse, Aladdin does that fucking wicked ass key change. And it's one of the best key changes I've ever heard. It's right up there with like a Celine Dion key change. And it's just, it's a, it's a classic like songwriting like tool to you know just do the key change in the middle of the song to get people like oh this is the same song but different and but this is one of the best examples of a great key change i could ever remember because that takes what already a already more powerful singer in jasmine's um vocalist and shoots her into a different stratosphere even though she just took the song to it's like it just it's okay and then it straight up into the air and it's ah man so good perfect like 30 seconds of songwriting there yeah, what a what a cool moment in a movie too. Yeah. You know, don't you dare close your eyes. Don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it captures young love and it's so fun. You know, this is we don't have to beat a dead horse because we've talked about Aladdin on another podcast before, mm-hmm. and it's just portrayed in a really cool way. Uh, it felt like a lot of things had to get there, and you felt like it was rewarding to get to this song in the movie. And I love Aladdin and Jasmine's parts, kind of like what you said. And uh, it's always going to be a good romance song to put on, like, candlelit dinner. Like, hey, I'm not a huge fan of Otis Redden. And you're like, okay, I got something for you. <laughs> Let me spin you some Aladdin real fi- real quick, <laughs> me lady. Me lady. <laughs> you got some spaghetti. Let me get on the other side of that, some bitch. <laughs> but, yeah, it's such a romantic song. It and it's like, dang, Disney, you did it again. That, we could say that after every song, but yeah, yeah. this the, song is a good example of like in the '90s, these guys could not miss. No, absolutely not. They're, they're, they're just yeah, again for like a solid I don't know 15 years, it feels like they didn't miss, and you know, it's it's really a credit to them kind of wading through the '80s, which was the dark kind of a dark time for not dark, but they just weren't putting out hits like they used to. I mean, they had some defections like when their animator crew and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean. Good for them for just coming back and just saying, nah, we're Disney. <laughs> Sit down, everybody else. Uh, my second pick, I Won't Say I'm in Love by Susan Egan from mm-hmm. Hercules. Hercules. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick shout out to Emily Heron, who also picked this song with yep. us or with me. Um, I'm finding out as I get older, my taste in women is basically just Megara from yeah. uh, Hercules. Yeah, she's a babe. 
Uh, you know, she's number number one in my heart forever, and this is my number one favorite song from my number one favorite movie from Disney. So, um, it kind of sounds like it could be from a musical, and yeah. I I love the like the play on like she's got like the angel or devil on her shoulder, kind of like encouraging her, and that's kind of like having a conversation with your friends where you're you're swearing off love, and then next thing you know, it comes and sweeps you off your feet, yeah. and. My parents, or my mom specifically, hated me. Hated this song because I would not stop singing it when I was like in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I would put it like track number two in our Dodge Durango, Amazing. and she would get in the car and be like, "Turn this crap off! I'm tired of hearing it." So I blew the doors off with this song. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, I, I was shocked to see this because I really expected like Zero to Hero or Go the Distance from you, which are to me are my two favorite songs for that. I mean, again, this is a great soundtrack. Um, but I, I also love this, uh, Megara track where it's kind of like a Supremes esque solo number. It's got that kind of, it's like more, it's like a disco ballad almost. And it's got a really, really cool feel to it. And it's, it's fun to like, it's a fun back and forth with herself, right? She's cause she's all she's ever dealt with is fuck boys up till this point in her mm-hmm. life. So she doesn't want to say she's fallen in love, but she, everybody else knows she is like it's clear as day but she's like nah i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it again to myself and it's it's a really cool and i love the concession at the end where she says i'm not gonna say it out loud yeah i always thought that was really cool because then in the movie she like collapses onto that stone and you can she's got like that you know she's clearly in love at that point Mm -hmm. in the movie and it always makes me happy The, the, the cinematography during this particular scene is really cool yeah and then of course, Hades shows right up, but she does like the whole the whole time. She's slamming the door, slamming the mm-hmm. door, and then just like yeah. just creaks open a little bit, and that's yeah. that's so Meg, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's too tough. You don't have to be so tough, baby. Yeah, just just let those walls down, girl. <laughs> It'll be okay. It's okay. Herc's got all the strength you need, baby girl. He gave it all up for her too. We're not going to talk about Hercules. Yeah. I will go on all day. <laughs> Uh, so next again, the third piece of just just dangling fruit on the ground here. Uh, you got a friend in me by Randy Newman. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but like Randy Newman's family is like soundtrack Hollywood soundtrack royalty. Like his dad, his brother, all of his brothers, his sister, his grandfather. They've all been writing music for like some of the biggest Hollywood films for since film has been a thing, essentially. Uh, it, there's a I forget uh, there's there's a documentary out there about like the Newman family and like how influential they are as far as like cinema mu- music goes and it's it's really interesting because I didn't know because Randy Newman is such a goofy guy and has such a goofy like singing style uh, but it works it works perfectly with like Toy Story yeah. because Randy Newman's voice sounds like the gangly visage of Woody. Yeah. Like you can hear him singing. You can see like Woody's like dangly frame, like bouncing around on a kid's shoulder. And it's, uh, it perfectly captures like the bounciness of an ex, like the awkward bounciness of an excited child. And I think that's what Randy Newman's voice captures perfectly in this. Cause he's not a great vocalist, but he's got a very distinct style and it's very goofy. And it's, it, it, again, it's like, it, it's this song is my childhood. Like, I think this came out in what 95 I think Toy Story came out 94 95 yeah, yeah. so I was still pretty young and it was the first time we'd ever seen CG like this so it was like it, it was a watershed moment for me uh and you know video games didn't weren't even close to looking this good at the time so it's um it was crazy and I'll never forget Toy Story 
for what it was. The first three are a perfect trilogy. I refuse to see four because it, there's. Why would you ruin the ending of three? It's got perfect emotional weight to it. Really, all three do. They all have emotional weight in different ways. But you, one is really more about a you know hanging out with your buddy and Buzz and and Woody's becoming friends, and that's this song perfectly captures that. And that that opening flute or whatever it is, man. Just immediately puts a smile on my face, and it's undeniable. What an iconic song! Yeah. And I know I I don't think we've ever talked about like winners and losers of playlists, but you're you're winning this so far. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I, I got just... to your pick and I was typing notes, I was like, "Dang, <laughs> here I am picking uh, deep cuts." Yeah, and... well, you pick stuff that was like important to you, but yeah. for me, like I wanted, I I would be remiss if we didn't have like the big the big guys in here. Yeah. Somebody listening to this, like, where the fuck is you got a friend in me, you idiots? This isn't the best. <laughs> Kev said, play the hits, and yeah. uh, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, this song gave Toy Story such a cool feeling. Like you said, with it does feel like a Woody song. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been weird if they came in with like a like a a space song because that's not the perspective of the first movie, at least. And it is like a, an old. Spaghetti Western yeah, feel. Yeah, it's, it's got that tempo of like an old Western. That dum, 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 mm-hmm. dum. It's got that kind of tempo to it, and it's yeah, it's perfect. Um, and I think it gave like when you hear that and you're watching the movie, you're like, this is going to be a good movie and not necessarily just a good kids movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it had had no business going that hard. I have a I have a hot hot take about Toy Story here in a little bit. I don't even know if it's a hot take, but it's more of just an observation. I guess we can get into it now because. If, if you're cool with that. Well, I mean, yeah, you've got another Toy Story song. But yeah, let's get into it. Um, Toy Story is basically just about like pets. If I, I think it was their way of like, it's not going to be that entertaining to have like a house full of dogs. But what if like they were all toys? You don't know what they're doing when you're gone. And the older you get, the less pay, the less you pay attention to them. And like when you bring another pet into the house, both animals like don't get along because they want your <laughs> undivided attention. Sure. And... The song I have in a little bit about Toy Story 2 is like super emotional to me because that's what I associate it with. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of something I started thinking about a little more critically as I got older. Like, dang, Toy Story means a lot because I think subconsciously we realize it's about pets and not necessarily about toys. That's interesting. No, I never made that connection. To me, that like, I always had like very emotional detachments to my toys. And so I kind of looked at it from that lens and like... I can see what you're saying totally. Like it totally makes sense, but I never made that connection. Per- like to me, like like the the very point on point toy metaphor worked perfectly for me because like toys are a symbol of childhood, and you know you've always been told like you're too old for that, or and you know somebody who still likes to collect like figures and stuff like that. It it, it always hits home to me because I I never wanted to give that up, and so seeing it from the toys perspective always just like really really. Right in my heart because mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I can't give this shit up. They'll be, they'll be so fucking sad if I let this shit go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I always, I always thought from the toys perspective, but I think that's an interesting, interesting take on it though. I mean, it's certainly there's a lot of parallels there. I mean, it's things that we t- quote unquote own, mm-hmm. um, that we have an emotional connection to and have an emotional connection to us as well. So, uh, yeah, no, I think that's that's spot on, man. I never have never heard it, but I think it, it definitely works. So. Yeah. Yeah, and my next pick's actually When She Loved yeah. Me by Sarah McLaughlin from uh, Toy Story 2. And uh, that was kind of my whole spiel for the first half. But um, this movie hits so damn hard, and it's backed by 
such a loving song. Like you find you're like, why are, why are all these people so jaded? And you kind of find out that they're like, they're jaded because they've been given up. And mm-hmm. damn, what a Fuck, like d- Toy Story Two makes you cry so hard because of moments like this. And you know, Sarah McLaughlin, say what you will about her and the the stuff she does with the the dog commercials. <laughs> I literally called her the dog lady in my notes. <laughs> This song has so much emotional weight that uh, I kind of went for the the sadder songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know you why. Did, you absolutely did. Emo kid picks sad Disney songs. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you feel like someone doesn't need you anymore, that kind of leaves you. That that goes for all like human relationships as well. If you feel like you've been abandoned, then you know, then you kind of have a hard time. And that's why I think it like rescue dogs and stuff like that. I kind of started thinking about it because of this song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people get puppies and they're given up to shelters. And there's a lot of parallels because, you know, once you get that new dog, even though you rescued them, there's still a lot of emotional stuff you have to deal with with animals. So it makes me sad. It's a vicious cycle. And I'm going to let you go. Yeah. No, I mean, I have a lot of the same notes. Like outside of the end of Toy Story 3, this might be the single most saddest moment in maybe Disney history. (laughs) Um, It's so fucking heart wrenching, man. Because it's 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 at once a very like happy reminiscent song, but it's also a realization of just how much her current state of being hurts because of how happy she feels when she thinks about those times. And fuck, man, it's so so beautiful, man. And Disney's great at that. They 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 really are. They play around with like the duality of man and the duality of you know just different emotions and how one action can make you feel a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think that's why Disney kind of stands the test of time is because whoever who, they, they pick really good writers who know how to kind of tap into the human experience perfectly. And this is one of those things because, yeah, you can use the toy metaphor, but this everybody's experienced this in some way, shape or form. And this is one of those emotional trigger songs. Like as soon as I hear it, instant tears. Mm-hmm. Like I took my notes on my lunch break today at work and I was just in my car. Like, <laughs> For this and then your song, your last song too. Just as soon I, one note in, I'm like, oh god! <laughs> like I was, I'm convinced you tried to make me cry as much as possible with your picks, and it worked because yeah, these it's like even just talking about it chokes me up. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Disney's say what you want about Disney adults, but there, there's, there's a reason like Disney adults exist, and it's because of shit like this because they really do tap into what it's like to be part of the human experience perfectly and yeah it doesn't get any really much better than than this song and this moment in that movie no not at all uh so yeah moving on from something super depressing into something that's a little <laughs> bit more fun um i grew up loving the jungle book um i know you said you did you've only seen it like maybe two or three times i've always loved all the characters in the jungle Book. i love that era of disney so like robin hood uh jungle book i think that's like 50s era disney i'm yeah. not really sure um but i almost i really wanted to do whistle stop from the beginning of um robin hood which is the hamster dance song just the, the like original version um but it doesn't have any lyrics <laughs> so it's just a you know a rooster whistling and laughing and then it's it's it, but i love it so much it's so iconic because it's like the opening credits to uh, Robin Hood, and I love that version. Again, I did it again. It's not this song. <laughs> we're not fucking. We're ta- so bad we're about not, that. We're not fucking talking about this song. I am the worst tangent. Nineteen sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Okay, so yeah, I was I was pretty on the nose there. Um, I don't want to be like you um, from the Jungle Book. 
uh, when uh, Mowgli is uh, kidnapped by the clan of monkeys run, uh, run by King Louis, the orangutan. Um, and he, the whole thing behind it is he wants, he sees a man and he wants to know how to make fire. And Mowgli doesn't know. He's been raised in the jungle. And so when he tells him, he's like, I don't know how to make fire. He's like, don't you, don't lie to me, boy. I know you do it. Like, you, you, we made a deal. Now you got to teach me. I took you in and fed you. You got to teach me how to make fire so I can be like, be like you. Um, it's just a really cool like swing. I always just every time I heard this, like I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> like I knew this is the kind of shit I was knew I was gonna be into, and as it just always felt like a connection to this type of music. And I don't know. And I'm the king of a swinger boy. And it just whenever that comes in, I'm like, yeah, this shit's fucking awesome. It just it's got a really cool feel to it. Um, I'm just gonna ignore the possible racist undertones of this song, and just because it's '60s Disney, yeah. it's whatever. They they Disney's very slow moving on social issues, but um, it is a great song on its surface. And uh, it's, it's, it's this is a personal pick for me. This is like not low hanging fruit, but I, I felt I wouldn't feel I would feel weird if I didn't put this in there because I just personally absolutely just adore this song. Yeah, uh, I, I've already mentioned I'm not a huge Jungle Book guy, but this song is so much fun. Yeah. And I feel like it's a song that every kid can relate to. So when you hear it, you're like, I want to hear that song again. So I would imagine as even in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, every kid wants the soundtrack to this album because soundtrack slaps and they want to hear this song specifically. And I think that's why it stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. I I almost picked the Elephant March from this, this movie because I used to hum that as like me and the uh, like offensive line group would move from drill to drill in two and a's the do 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 i would just i would him hum that between stations every time and i always i always thought it was funny <laughs> plus I, I love that part of the movie too like i love the elephants in the jungle book um but for me this is more iconic and it's uh i don't know again it's got the kind of a sing-songy vibe to it like ooby do like any kid every kid can, can say ooby do so uh, it's probably their first words. <laughs> Let me write that in your book. Ooby doo. I've only been trying to make you say dad for a year. Ooby doo. Ooby doo. Um, yeah, that's all I got for that. Like I said, very personal pick for me, but it is a really cool song. If you've never seen Jungle Book, I think it's one of the better ones. It's kind of underrated, I think. Oh, same with Robin Hood. Again, mm-hmm. not this song, but 60s era Disney kind of gets overshadowed these days because the 90s were so good. Yeah. Uh, my next pick, Supernova Girl by Chris, Christian Rex and Gary Miller. Uh, Xenon Girl, the first... It's from Xenon Girl, the 21st century. The one on Spotify, I'm going to tell you right now, I kept it in there because I knew you were going to hate it, but the original song slaps. Okay. It's, like a, it's like a dance remix yeah. on the one on Spotify, and I didn't want to not include it because it the version I wanted wasn't on there. Yeah. So I threw it on there because I knew you'd hate it. And I knew most people listening to our playlist are going to be like, what in the fuck? It just doesn't but, fit. <laughs> uh, I wanted to put a Disney Channel original movie song on there. And I remember just like, zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom. Like, I remember saying that all the time as a kid. Mm-hmm. And like, this movie was like, what is the future going to be like? What's the 21st century going to be like? Are we going to be living in space? And it's like, God, if only. It's a crazy funny, it's funny for like not trying to be funny, but it's just funny what we thought the future was going to be. It's kind of like when you watch Back to the Future and they're like, yeah, 2015 is going to be like this crazy time. And it's like, 
We really didn't do anything. I mean, the Cubs won the World Series at one point. I think it was 2016. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Um, but yeah, uh, this I love. I love how bad this dance remix is so for the third bad, movie. Um, and I didn't know there were three movies, so um, I guess that's my homework is to, to watch the trilogy of Xenon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I'm. I wanted to mention this movie because I feel like I talk about it a lot, and it's kind of what's that uh, effect Mandela effect, where I felt like I was the only one that remembered the movie. So it was like super validating to find it on Disney Plus and to find it on Spotify and be like, okay, I didn't make it up in my head. Yeah, I didn't have a huge crush on Xenon who (laughs) didn't exist. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah, I I literally have zero connection to this song or this movie or anything. I didn't know. I don't know because I wasn't a Disney Channel kid. I was always a Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon kid, and and so I never. I didn't watch Recess. I didn't watch any of the Disney Channel stuff. So I don't have any real connection to like Disney Channel originals. Uh, But you're right. I don't really like this version of this song, but it's not terrible. I, I, I get what it is. It, it is, it's, it is exactly what it is meaning to be, which is a like kid's version of EDM. And that's okay. <laughs> but I'm a 34 year old man who loves like actual EDM. So for me hearing this, I was like, Oh no. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's like I, a kid's bop version <laughs> of like, this is kid t- Tiesto kid's bop. And that even play something the kids are gonna cry to. Yeah, even that's a little bit generous. But you know, it's fine. Like I said, if it's a, I could. It's very, very much sounds like something that would come out of like the Disney Channel, and it's fine for what it is. It just I don't have any personal connection to yeah, this song. And I honestly picked it because it, it kind of plays into what you said in your opening. You know, it's a place in time, mm-hmm. and it was a very specific. Like, I think people that are. Tw- between 27 and 29 will get this reference and no one else. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I, w- I want to get feelers out there. See who is, uh, if anyone remembers it too. Yeah. So. Well, ho- hopefully, hopefully somebody gets back and there's just a secret world of Xenon girl from the 21st century fan boys and girls out there. And you just found a whole new group of friends. Send me the subreddit. I'm ready to talk. <laughs> Let's have a, a trilogy <laughs> watch party. I've had so much boiling up in my chest. I just I can't wait to unzip it and let it go. <laughs> uh, so moving on to Jack's Lament from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, it's a Danny Elfman original track. Um, great. Uh, he did has a Nightmare Before Christmas is one of maybe my favorite soundtracks of all time. From top to bottom, it's really good. And I think the first twenty to twenty five minutes of Nightmare Before Christmas are perfect. I think they're flawless. Um, up until like he comes back from like Christmas Town, I think that's it's a perfect movie. Um, so, and then this is like one of the most iconic scenes in Disney history for me when he's singing this, when he's walking down the stalk and it's slowly unfurling in front of the moon. Even if you haven't seen it, I know you've seen that that like silhouetted on a T-shirt a million times, or you've seen it in like clips. And man, man, oh man, like I love, love, love the way this song, it, I know it's spoken word, which isn't your thing, but it's it's delivered in a very sing-songy way. And this has huge Andrew Lloyd Webber-like energy. This is, this is absolutely like written as a big stage musical and it's performed that way. The guy who does Jack's voice is so good. He punctuates things perfectly. He pulls back when you think he's going to go up again. Um, like in the first verse, he does Jack the pumpkin king and then when he does that again it's he pulls back and he's like 
if they only understood and he like pulls back it's so it's just perfectly done and the the chorus uh, i could talk about this shit all day because i really really love like the first 40 minutes of a nightmare before christmas it kind of dies towards the end for me um but i, I really do think um like i had never seen like claymation like this before as a kid and it just it really is it sticks out in my mind and this iconic Mwah. I don't think we talk about it enough that I am terrified of claymation. I feel like you've mentioned that in passing before. Well, yeah, we talked about what was it you watched the other day, uh, Coraline. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I've avoided this movie. It's why I avoided Coraline. That's so weird to me because this is like an emo boy staple, dude. It James and the Giant Peach really messed with me yeah. as like a four year old, and so anything claymation. I think the f- the only claymation was like Chicken Run was yeah. the one I saw. And even that was like, oh, there's something about this that just like freaks me out. It's like an uncanny valley thing, maybe. Yeah, it's just like so far, like it's in that weird, like it's real but not. So mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. So I'm I'm finally coming to terms with it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Nightmare Before you Christmas. Would, you, I think you would love it, dude. Yeah, I Blink references it because it's Jack and Sally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd never seen it, but I really like this song. The, the guy almost sounds like Jim Carrey. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey directed by Tim Burton, I think yeah. is the example I wrote. But um, yeah, this is this is a really good song. And I like the spoken word in the context of a movie because mm-hmm. it feels like you're a part of the journey with them. Yeah. And sometimes when people just like break out in a song, you're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And it's not, it's not true. Like I said, it's not truly. It's not just a guy speaking like we are with music in the background. Mm-hmm. He, he's following the tempo of the music. He's yeah. on beat with the way he's saying it. It's almost like poetry. Like slam poetry, the way he's—it's not slam poetry, but it's got—it's got a meter to it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it was a surprise, and I was like, you know what? I really like this song, so I think I'm—I'm I'm gonna have to give it a shot. Yeah, like I said, to me, the first twenty to twenty-five minutes of Night Before Christmas are absolutely just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really just there's so many cool moments in this song. It was like I can take off my head to recite Shakespearean quotations, <laughs> and I always—it's just so funny to me. It, it's just this big, bombastic, stupid um, musical theater track, and I'm, I'm a sucker for musical theater. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. I think that's why we like Disney songs yeah, so much. Potentially, yeah. It's but just this musical is, music. This is this is legitimately like the most musically music there is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, last one, "Married Life" by Michael Giacchino. <laughs> I'm just going to say it really bad because I don't want to mess it up. Uh, <laughs> it's from Up. We might as well get some laughter out here because me and Kevin might cry talking about this. Uh, it's The Married Life. It's a song that plays for the first four minutes of Up. Fuck, dude. And it kind of shows the life of Mr. Fredrickson and his wife and how they... Like, the opening shows how they were kids and they met and then just, like, they grew up together. And this song just, like, shows the ups and downs of a life of growing growing old with someone and there's like so many poignant moments for a song that has no words and you can like picture it in your head like when she finds out they can't have kids and you know the moment where she's sitting out there in the field by herself and then they like kind of regroup they're like you know what we're gonna rally we're gonna look forward to something we're gonna go on these trips and stuff and then they never end up doing it and oh man it just this song is just everything man i Hmm. Great song. 
Yeah. Um, this is an emotional trigger for me. The first <laughs> note of this song it gets me every single time. And then every time, but the two times it slows down, I'm like, fuck no. And it kills me, dude. It, it, again, I would, like I said, I was sobbing in my car by myself eating Dairy Queen chicken strips. <laughs> Trying not to spill the hot country gravy on my life. That would be such a good TikTok. It's like, <laughs> just <shake> everything's <laughs> fine, but up reminded me that everything's not fine as I eat this Dairy Queen. <laughs> oh man! But no, seriously though, this song is—it's perfect. It's the, this is the this might be one of the best openings in cinema history. Uh, it's perfectly paced with the music. It's perfectly shot in such a very I don't know, man. It's it, Disney really fucking killed this because I, I don't honestly like the rest of Up. It doesn't stand out to me. Really? No. I mean, it's good. Like I like Up, but this four minute opening is perfect movie making. I, like, there's nothing wrong with it. You can't poke any holes in it. I don't think. If you are, you're just being pedantic, and it's just a matter of personal opinion. But I think objectively, this is perfect filmmaking from top to bottom, both cinematography, music direction. Um, music role writing because like you said there's no lyrics to this but fuck almighty is it sad and it, it, it even in the happier moments you, like you know you know there's something coming coming down the end of the tunnel and it ain't good mm-hmm. and i think what really sells it is that kind of gershwin-esque like americana to it that that like i didn't fuck that up but um probably because i don't want to cry subconsciously <laughs> so my, my brain was like nope you're not hitting the right notes um yeah, man, I absolutely. And it do. captures the time that they were like yes. growing together, and that's I think that's what's really cool about it too, mm-hmm. because it's like the the American dream, quote unquote, that kind of fell apart for them. Yeah, and, and it's, it's an old man left with regrets. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> he's probably like this song is playing for the movie, but he's sitting there listening to Johnny Cash's version of Hurt. Yes, <laughs> it's basically that. Yeah, it's it's the same thing, just in a completely different. This is a Disney spin on that exact same kind of theme and feeling to it. And I, there's, there's so much tremendous emotional weight in this, this song and the accompanying. Like, even if you hadn't seen the scene, like, just listening to this, you can feel that weight. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's fucking undeniable. And it's, it's, it's the, maybe one of the, it's certainly one of the best original soundtrack songs of all time. I, there's no question in my mind. It just, there's too much, there's too much said without anything being said. And it's, it's, it's beautiful it's paints a picture with music. And to me, that's, that's why I love it at the core of things. That's why I love music so much because it makes me feel things and it makes me, you can, you can paint a picture with sound and that is just such a powerful thing. And I think this really kind of gets to the essence of why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place, because I would be dead without music. People like there's a classic, would you rather be blind or deaf? Give me blind all day. Because if I couldn't listen to music, I don't know what the fuck I would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it would crush me. There's just so much you can express in music, and this is this song is a perfect example of that. Yeah, it it would be ruined with lyrics because I think you're right. It it articulates something that you can't necessarily put your finger on. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a perfect example of why I love classical music too. When you really start listening to some of the masters, they're 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 masters for a reason because they can kind of paint human emotion in a way with like a huge orchestral arrangement or even like a small like four piece it's just man uh, fuck i love music so much dude and this (laughs) is this is such a perfect example of it thank you disney thank you ever michael whatever giacchino giacchino or whatever you say that um 
Macchiato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for this song. And thank you for, you know, how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, just, just let us know what we missed. I think uh, we hit a lot of the good ones. Uh, we were talking about, you know, potentially if if we're still feeling the playlist next summer, we could do a part two. This could be like a 20-part thing. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, let us know what we missed. Um, check out our playlist that we're going to attach to the notes of this. And uh, let's get into the song of the show, eh? Yep. I'll go first. Okay. I Want to See the World by Hobo Johnson. It's Same. eerily similar to uh, one of the Bo Burnham songs. Interesting. Uh, the song he does with Sako is very, oh, yeah. very similar. Where it's like, tell him how great the world is. And you're like, the world kind of sucks. And you're like, what? no, no, don't be negative. And it's like, no, the world sucks. And if you're don't, if you if you not going to acknowledge it, then you're showing your classes. And you're like, damn. <laughs> this is heavy for a yeah, pop song. I was, not exce- I was not expecting this. And it goes for the wow. And Hobo Johnson... Just one of the more creative guys. He reminds me a lot of Bo Burnham, mm-hmm. and I never realized that's why I liked him so much and why he felt familiar. It's because he's very similar to Bo Burnham. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my song of the show is uh, "Last Time." Uh, it's a Becky Hill song, but it's the PS One remix. It just released. It's uh, you've probably heard this song. the The original's been out for a minute, but this PS One remix is really good. It's a classic dance song. Um, and like I was, me and Dill were sitting here before the show, and I was going through the release radar because I hadn't picked a song yet. I was like, nah, nah, nah. Then I picked this and I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you did the, right. the shoulder jig. All right. And then I just, I kept on bouncing side to side. I was like, okay, okay. This got enough shoulder bob out of me to be good, to get song of the show. So yeah, um, Becky Hill, uh, last time, PS1 remix. Uh, great, great little dance track if you're looking for something to cheer you up after watching the first four minutes of Up. <laughs> yeah, we did end it on such a... Uh, it's a good, I think that was a good one to end on though. Uh, for sure. Just because, you know, there, there's a lot to say about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, the Disney playlist. Um, we're recording kind of quick yeah. from our last one, which um, we haven't really talked about what we're going to do next week. Um, next next week, I guess for us, but yeah. So um, we'll we'll figure it out and uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram. That's where we we put it out for people to give us suggestions. Our Instagram is at off the beaten cliff. Our Twitter is at off cliff, which we are not very good at posting on. No, but if you reach out to us on there, we will reply because we've both got it. Uh, readily available uh, and we also have gmail which is uh, off the beaten cleft at gmail to this day zero emails yeah but not even not even fake uh fake ladies yeah what's up <laughs> what's up fake ladies no pornos <laughs> i got one of those on snapchat today of all places ladies i was like oh who the fuck is this and then i looked at it like hey i just found you on snapchat you're kind of cute here's my url bustybabes.com <laughs> i'm like okay all right cool spam <laughs> I'm not gonna act like I didn't click it. Yep. <laughs> it hovered you hovered over the, the little URL like this is probably spam, but if it's not, you know, <laughs> the world is my oyster here. Maybe she's just got a really weird way of speaking. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Um this this girl's name with like a bunch of random letters and an underscore after it. She's clearly real. <laughs> Oh, man. I got a funny story to tell you after this. So anyway, uh, have a good week, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.